I'm going to take my time so you all just buckle down and wait a few minutes, okay? I certainly appreciate uh, our dear pastor. I, I, we talk every day, and uh, I can't tell you uh, all that uh, he means to me, and I uh, certainly thank God for him. And, and, uh, and from the time of praying on my knees, from the time as a little baby, to be able to live long enough to be able to witness what God is doing in and through him. Let's stand together. Isaiah chapter number 5. Once I finish reading and praying, then you sit down and buckle your seatbelts. And uh, I'm going to tell you ahead of time, I'm going to preach to you this morning the message in the Bible that's convicted me more than any message I've ever preached in 45 years. So you just buckle down a little bit and hang on. It, it's good. It'll be good for all of us. But God's really laid this on my heart several weeks ago to be able to, sh to share this. And I want you to really listen, give it, give it your heart. Uh, because I really believe this is what God wants us to be able to hear today. Isaiah chapter 5, beginning in verse number 1. Now will I sing to my well-beloved, a song to my beloved, touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard and a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein and he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes and now O inhabitants of Jerusalem and the men of Judah judge I pray you betwixt me and my vineyard what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it. Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes, and now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste, it shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command of the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the men of Judah, his pleasant plant. He looked for judgment, but behold, oppression. Righteousness, but behold a cry. Our Father, we thank you so much for the good music we've heard this morning. Thank you for a place that you call yours, that we can come and worship. We can come together in fellowship and sing and praise and lift up your holy name. We don't have time to thank you for all the goodness you bestowed upon us and how you bless us, how you watch over us, how you minister to our hearts, how you heal the pain and the hurt that we go through, how you provide so much for us. Help us to love you more. Thank you for our dear pastor, his wife, and I pray you'll bless them. Use him as you've done so many times as he preaches this morning, preaches tomorrow night. I pray, dear God, now that you would bless, that you would knit every heart together here today. I pray that you speak to us in a very special way. 
I pray you'll take me as your servant. Cleanse me, first of all, of any sin. Empty me of self. Then fill me with your spirit. You bless the preaching of God's holy word. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. In late 1990, God was blessing Crossroads Baptist Church in a very special way. We were meeting up the street there in a little building that we spent some 10 years there. And some great things were happening in November, December of 1990. We just bought a piece of land, this piece of land here that now that this building is on. We had just gone before the Board of Zoning Appeal and a great miracle had taken place where we gotten approved to build the largest building on the smallest site in the history of Fairfax County. God has sent us some wonderful families. When you're in the church planting business and all of a sudden you see God begin to place people there that are dear to your heart and people that begin to minister, begin to grow, begin to reach out to other people, you begin to realize what you already know. God is good. God is great. God is wonderful. God is a provider. God is in the church building business. And little that we think we deserved all the blessings of God, nevertheless, God was putting people in our midst, doing some great things. Many of those people are still serving God here today. It just makes you wonder how in the world uh, could God look at a sinner saved by grace and do the wonderful things that he's done in our lives. And I was reading in my devotions, and I was thanking God for his goodness and looking about and all that he had done. And all of a sudden, uh, God spoke to my heart, and this particular passage jumped out. I had no problem seeing the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the mercy of God, and all that he was doing for us. And then I looked at us, including me and everybody else, and I began to say, do we really see God for who he is? Do we really recognize the goodness of God and the greatness of God as a sinner saved by grace, as a preacher called into the ministry, as a person serving in God's local church? Am I taking advantage of all that God has done in my life? And when that hit me and I read Isaiah chapter number 5 and began to realize what God was doing in the lives of his people and, 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 and looked at what God was doing in our lives. I prepared this message in 1990 uh, here that I want to speak to us about here today. If you notice that here in Isaiah chapter number 5, and, and you'll notice that it says in verse number 7, For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plan. Oftentimes when you read in the Bible, we find that the Lord would use what we call a parable. A parable is an earthly story that illustrates a spiritual truth. We find here in this passage that the Lord is giving us a parable about the Lord's vineyard. Let me put emphasis on the Lord's vineyard. He's about to give us a parable of an earthly story about something that belonged to him that would illustrate a spiritual truth. The Lord's vineyard. The Lord had placed this vineyard in a very special place. and He had given it very special attention. In other words, I can sum it up this way. He placed it 
He planted it. He pruned it. He protected it. And he provided for it. I'm talking about the Lord's vineyard. Therefore, after he had placed it and planted it and protected it and provided for it and pruned it, it should have been a very natural thing for him to expect his vineyard that he's placed, he'd planted, he'd pruned, he'd provided for, he'd protected to produce good fruit. But I want you to notice what he says in verse number two. And he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. Now notice this phrase. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. He said, I, 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 I placed it here. I planted it here. I provided for it. I protected it. I pruned it. All of a sudden, I reached down and grabbed one of my grapes. Instead of a grape flowing with tasty, sweet, juiced, I found the grape that was sour, the kind of grape that you could go in the woods where the sun didn't shine, where the rain didn't fall, where nothing happened, where the weeds weren't plucked. I plucked and found that kind of a grape in my vineyard. I got to thinking that morning, and I thought many times since, I have no doubts in my mind that God planted Crossroads Baptist Church. I have no doubts in my mind that he placed it right here. I have no doubts in my mind he's protected it some 40-some years. I have no doubt in my mind that he's pruned it when it needed. And I have no doubts in my mind he's provided everything that his vineyard needs then maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a little off. But if God planted the church here, and God placed it here, and God has provided for it, and God has pruned it, and God has protected it, I just kind of feel he ought to walk up to one of the three pastors here and pluck one of us. And the fruit of our service ought to be sweet. I, I just kind of believe if he walked over to one of our six deacons and plucked one of them, the juice ought to be sweet. I believe if he walked up to one of our choir members and plucked one of them, their service ought to be sweet. I believe if he reached down and grabbed one of our Sunday school teachers and plucked one of them, the juice of their service ought to be sweet. But I won't stop there. I believe if he reached down in the pew and plucked one of our members, the juice of their service ought to be sweet. But you know what shook me up that November of 1990 and what shakes me up 
here in May of 2023. I'm always concerned about what the Lord finds when he starts plucking in his vineyard. I often wonder, are we sweet enough? I wonder if the service is pleasing enough. I wonder as he plucks here and plucks there and plucks here. I wonder how many times in his vineyard that he planted, he placed, he pruned, he protected, he provides for, he finds a wild grape. So I want you to take a look at this parable. And I want to illustrate a truth about the Lord's vineyard. The local New Testament church is the Lord's vineyard. Doesn't belong to the pastor. Doesn't belong to the deacons. Doesn't belong to anybody else. It belongs to Almighty God. There's a God in heaven that we sing to. There's a God in heaven that we praise. There's a God in heaven that looks down upon His vineyard. And wherever He starts plucking, He wants to service on that vineyard to be sweet. In other words, he's given us vineyard privilege. Then he wants vineyard kind of fruit. I want us to take a look at this parable. And then I want us to ask ourselves two questions. Am I a wild grape in the Lord's vineyard? And secondly, as a grape in his vineyard, do I need to sweeten up the juice that he's tasting? May God help us to think about that for a few moments here as we talk about wild grapes in the Lord's vineyard. The first thing I want you to notice about this vineyard, now picture, this is the Lord speaking about what belongs to him. I want you to notice the Lord's concern for his vineyard. Let me tell you something. God loves his church. God loves his people. God loves his preachers. God loves his deacons. God loves his choir members. God loves the folks that makes up his vineyard. And notice the concern he had. In verse number one, it says, Now will I sing to my Beloved. He calls his vineyard his beloved. You know what it tells me? God has a personal passion for his church. I mean that the church is not an organization. It's an organism. It is something special for God. It's the place where he is preeminent. It's the place, I mean, that he purchased with his own blood. He's the, it's the place where he has first place. And I want to tell you something. God has a personal passion for his vineyard. God loves Crossroads Baptist Church, and I'm glad. I'm glad to know that. I'm glad to know that we're loved by God. We're his beloved. He goes on to say, My beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. He placed his vineyard in a prominent mountain peak, projecting like a horn, 
and therefore open to the sun on all sides. In other words, he placed it exactly where he wanted it to be. He knew what it would become, what it would be used for. And let me tell you something. Some 39, 30 some years ago, God placed this church right here. I mean, at the end of here was a drug-infested corner. He placed it here. He knew one day there'd be a building here. He knew one day there'd be some folks here that would love him, love his work, and do what they've done. He knew that he placed pastors here and people here. Why? God knew that because of his concern for his vineyard. Secondly, I want you to notice in verse number two, not only do we see the Lord's concern for his vineyard, but notice the Lord's care for his vineyard. He says in verse number two, and he fenced it. You know what I'm telling me? He protected it. Oh, let me tell you something. We live in a crazy world. But I'm so glad that God protects his vineyard. He protects his vineyard. He says in verse number two also, and gathered out the stones thereof. In other words, he took a bunch of sinners on their way to hell and he cleaned us up. He got the rubbish out of us. He took us when we didn't deserve anything and made something out of us. You ever think for a moment where you would be if God hadn't saved your soul? You ever think for a moment what would be happening to us if we didn't know the Jesus that we sing about? You ever thought what, what kind of a husband, what kind of a father, what kind of a wife, what kind of a child we would be if it had not been for Almighty God? You know what he did? He had a vineyard, and he wanted us in it. So what he did, he cleaned up all the rubbish so that we could be planted in his vineyard. He not only protected his vineyard and purified his vineyard, but he says, and planted it with the choicest vine. You know what that was? He put his presence there. What would church be like? if God were not here? What would we be singing about if we weren't singing about him? What would preaching would be about if he wasn't here? What would the church be like if all of us showed up and he didn't show? But he chooses to put his presence in this vineyard. What a great God that we serve. This one really gets me. He said, and he built a tower in the midst of it. What's the purpose of the tower? In the tower, someone will sit there and watch over the vineyard. Kind of see what was going on. Kind of see what it needed. And God Almighty not only protected this vineyard and purified the men, women, boys, and girls that are here, shows up every Sunday with his presence. But he put his preacher here that ministers the word 
like nobody I know. There is no preacher like Pastor Kenny Baldwin. There is no pastor like Kenny Baldwin. There's no one that pours his life into people like Pastor Kenny Baldwin. And God saw fit not just to give us a preacher, but to give us the best preacher. Not just to give us a pastor, but the best pastor. God Almighty put in this place what we as his people need as part of his vineyard. Why in the world would I ever want to be a wild grape? Why in the world would I want my service to be sour instead of sweet? Why in the world would I want to do anything with that kind of a blessing, the protection, the purification, his presence, his preacher? When I put a wine press in the vineyard, the purpose of the wine press was so that when the grapes were crushed, the juices would flow. In other words, in that vineyard, those grapes in that vineyard where he had planted, once they were ready, they crush them into the wine trough and the sweet juices would flow out. I picture that in his vineyard. He created a place where a sinner saved by grace could not serve. All of a sudden, instead of singing in the nightclub, I could sing in the choir. Instead of doing the things that I do in the world, I could do in the church. God made a provision. He knew way back that a little boy named Pascal would one day grow up under Michael's leadership and be able to lead the choir. He knew that. He knew he had some Sunday school teachers. He knew he had some deacons. He knew he had some trustees. He knew he had some good church members who were not just warm or good, fair-weather Christians, but they served God because they loved him. He did all of that because he cared for his vineyard. We see the Lord's concern for his vineyard. He calls it my well-beloved. He said, I love you. And I put you where I want you to be. I care for you. I'll protect you. I'll clean you up. I will be there on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and mission conferences. I put my preacher there to look out for you. And I provided a place where you can serve and it counts in glory. That's what I've done. For my vineyard. And then there's a little kind of little pause there to see all that God had done for his vineyard. And now here's where you need to buckle up. We see his concern. We see his care. But the third thing I want you to notice, his complaint to his vineyard. He talked about how concerned he was. He talked about how he cared for it. Now he says, pause for a moment part of my vineyard and let me express 
myself to you as my vineyard. He says in verse number four, I tremble when I read this. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? He said, okay, you're sour, you're not sweet, you're wild, you're not what you should be, you're not taking advantage of all my goodness, all my help, you're not what I want you to be. Then let me ask you this, is it because I didn't do enough? Are you saying my salvation isn't enough? Are you saying the Holy Spirit that sealed you until the day of redemption is not enough? Are you saying the sword that's preached to you every week that tells you how to live, what to do, where to go, what to become, are you saying that's not enough? Are you saying you're what you are because of what I haven't done? This is God speaking to his vineyard. Are you saying to me, it's my fault where you are in your service in my vineyard? And of course, no, nobody in any church could ever say, yeah, Lord, it's your fault. Then he says this, then I've proven my dedication to my people. And oh, he has. You can't fall on your face and pray to Almighty God and see him as high and lifted up and who he is and what he's done without feeling I'm not doing enough. Lord, it's not, it's not your fault. I'm saved for eternity. The Holy Spirit convicts me. Green, help me when I need something. Oh, the sword keeps me going in the right direction. Lord, you've been nothing but dedicated to your vineyard. And he says, okay. I agree with you. I've been dedicated to my people. Then let me tell you something. I'm disappointed in the product. He says in verse 2, And he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine and built the tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. The last phrase. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. Verse 4, what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done it, done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes? You tell me on one hand I've been dedicated to my people. But let me tell you, 
I'm disappointed in the product. And here's what he's saying. Look at what I often get in spite of what I've done. I get too much carnality. Seems like the world's going that way. Christian world. Too much half-heartedness. Too many failures. Too many quitters. Too many complainers. Too many unappreciative. Too many robbers. And too many selfish people. He says, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in the product that will admit I've been dedicated to the people. So we find his concern, a passionate love, putting the church where he wanted it to be. We find his care, protection, purification, his presence. We find his preacher, his provision. We find him express his dedication to the people and share with them his disappointment in the product. And then lastly, and this scares me, notice the Lord's caution to his vineyard. I'm talking about the vineyard he planted, the vineyard he placed, the vineyard he protected, the vineyard he pruned, the vineyard he provided for. Here's what he says in verse 5. And now go to. I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. Let me tell you what I'm going to do with that which is mine. He said, I'll just remove all the protection. I will take away the hedge thereof. I'll remove the hedge. You know who watches over you? You know who protects you? You know who provides for you? You know who shows up for you? I'll just remove the hedge and break down the wall thereof. I'll remove all the help, all that you rely upon, all that you pray about, all that you want done. I'll just remove it. You know what happens? You'll realize there's nothing but problems and it shall be eaten up. You'll have the attacks of Satan. And it shall be trodden down. Instead of seeing holiness, you'll see nothing but sinfulness. I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged. I'll stop cleaning it up. I'll stop straightening up lives. I will also command the clouds. And they rain, no, rain upon it. I'll give it no more power. And he says, but there shall come up briars and thorns. And 
other words, God expects vineyard fruit from those who have vineyard privileges. Now, I pastored long enough, preached long enough, been in enough churches. There are a lot of good churches all over the world. I've been in a lot of them. This is one of the best. So I know that we couldn't be what we are today without having some real good grapes. Okay? If every grape in here was wild and sour, he would remove the hedge. He would remove the helps. We'd have a whole lot of problems. But that is not what concerns. I know that we have some good grapes. But here's what concerns me. How many wild grapes in the vineyard does it take for him to do that? Every grape in his vineyard was not wild. Okay? Every grape in the Lord's church is not wild. There are a lot of good grapes. But I've always been afraid, is there a number? Is there so many? Is it in a certain area? Is it the pulpit? Is it the leadership? The pews? Where? What does it take for God to remove the help, remove the hedge from his vineyard that he planted, he placed, he protects, he provides for, he prunes? I don't know, and I don't want to know. But this one thing that I do know, we're seeing more drifting today than I've seen in the 47 years that I've been a Christian. I see more worldliness in churches today than I've ever seen in my 47 years of being a Christian. And I think somewhere along the line, we better realize this is the Lord's vineyard. And I'd better, I'd better for what he's trying to accomplish, start taking advantage of what he's doing. God's doing some great things here at Crossroads Baptist Church. And I believe our future will be brighter than it's ever been before. But Lord, help us. Help us not to drift and start acting like we are a vineyard that hadn't been provided for, protected, pruned, like he's done this vineyard. And the last thing in the world I would want to be in the Lord's vineyard is a wild grape. And most, if not all of us in here today, most people are going to say, Preacher, I will never admit that I'm a wild grape in this vineyard. Well, here's something you ought to admit. Are you as sweet as you used to be? Can you honestly say, day by day, when I sing about him, talk about him, pray to him, see what he's doing, can I honestly say, I'm taking advantage of all the privileges that's been given me. And by the grace of God and the goodness of God, 
I'm going to sweeten up as best as I can my service because the last thing I would ever want to be is a wild raven in the Lord's vineyard. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. How many men, women, young people in here today will say this? Preacher, I may not be a sweet grape, but one thing I know, I'm at least a grape. I'm in the vineyard. There was a time in my life when I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He cleaned me up, saved my soul, and I know he planted me in his vineyard. If that's you today, would you raise your hands? I know I'm saved. You may put them down. Now, how many would be honest with God who just raised your hands and say, Preacher, I'm not looking at anybody else. I'm just looking at me. And I'm looking at God. And you know what? I could sweeten up a little bit more. I'm not as sweet as I used to be. Nowhere close to being as sweet as I need to be. By the grace of God, I'm asking him to help me to sweeten up a little bit. Let me tell you something. There are wild grapes all the time in vineyards all the time. They don't start out that way, but they end up that way. And you say, I want you to pray that God will help me to look at areas in my life and sweeten me up because I realize I'm in his vineyard. If that's you as a Christian. Would you raise your hand for a moment and say, pray for me. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You may put them down. Now, one final question. Is there a man, woman, boy, or girl in here to say, Preacher, I'm not even in the vineyard. I'm not sure if I died today I'd go to heaven, but I'm 100% sure I don't want to go to hell. Would you pray for me that I might let God clean me up, that he could plant me in his vineyard? Pray for me. No one looking around, man, woman, boy, or girl, if that's you, would you slip your hand up for just a moment? Thank you. God bless you. I see your hand. You may put it down. Hey, look. Salvation is simple. God's looking for bad fruit to make good fruit. If you were to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, believe he died, was buried, was raised from the dead, ask him to forgive your sins, come into your heart and save you. The Bible guarantees he'll save your soul, put you in his vineyard. That's a simple thing. That's how good his salvation is. That's how good of a God that we serve. Anyone else, pray for me. I'm not sure I'm saved. Now I'm going to pray in just a moment. Here's what I want you to do. I want every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. I don't have to spend a lot of time telling you how good God is. I don't even have to tell you how good God is to this church or how he's been all of these years. I'm just telling you, we need to be better. We need to be sweeter. We need to take advantage of the goodness of God. Not just sing about it, but act upon it. Once you take a moment over this entire auditorium and you pray and say, God, help me. First of all, not to be a wild grape. And though I'm not there yet, 
take a look at me and help me to sweeten up my juice. After all, I'm in your vineyard. Our Father, Lord, help us. I'm troubled. You're so good. You're so gracious. You're so wonderful. Oh, I pray. I pray that this place will be, you can come and grab one of us as a preacher's here. And you'd be pleased with the sweetness of our service. I pray that you can grab any one of our deacons and you'd be pleased with the sweetness of the service. Any one of our Sunday school teachers, any one of our choir members, anyone in our membership. I pray, dear God, that you'd work. Lord, we have seen the concern. We've seen the care. Help us to take note of the caution. We're, you're dedicated. And you're disappointed when we're not our best. Oh, but Lord, help us. Think about the, what you're cautioning. God, to help it. It happens all the time, God. It's happening all over the world. It's happened in the past. We wouldn't ever want you to remove the hedge, remove the help. And if we're all honest, we're seeing a little too much carnality, a little too much worldliness. We need to have a little bit more holiness about us and see you where you are, where you've always been. Now you save, God, please. Save anyone here who's lost. Put them in your vineyard that you can use them in a special way. We love you today. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Pray you'll bless and help us now. In Jesus' name we pray.